Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Conversation. I'm Dusty White, and I'm here with Pastor Bob Thune and Pastor Chris Hellman of First City Church. Whoa, the want want this time. On Wednesdays, we sit down to talk about how the gospel of Jesus Christ connects to the questions and issues of everyday life. And today, we're telling some stories. Telling some stories. Snack shout out real quick. We got some uh, banana zucchini bread, I assume, from my friend Jonathan. And his wife, who I called out on the recent podcast. He yeah. was the guy that called it snack time. Out of boy, Jonathan. And so I saw him on Sunday. And I was like, hey, if you're going to mock our podcast, <laughs> you better bring us some snacks. And he did. He came through. Nice. Very good. It also, was very good. I just met with a guy from Cormdale, and he brought me a bag of Girl Scouts Thin Mints Bites. Yeah, that's a thing. He said, I was just at Costco, and they had these, and I figured you need some. And I didn't know these existed. And why did why was this not thought of years ago? Oh, man. They're so good. Costco has bags of these different kinds of bites. And for some reason, just putting them in that shape and that texture makes everything taste it's like, like 20% they, better. Yeah. It's like they took a Girl Scout Thin Mints box and just like put them all in little bite-sized pieces. When I was a kid, Girl Scouts had to come to like your front door. Yeah. Now, now they, you just go to Costco. And now they just assault you outside the grocery store. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what we want to do is just tell some stories. I Here's what I was thinking recently. Number one, I'm trying to get better as, at being a storyteller for two reasons. One, because it's a skill I need to develop as a preacher and communicator, but also because, man, God's given us such a rich heritage uh, as a church. And I just sometimes realize like, man, I haven't told any of these stories and they just live in my memory. I want them to live somewhere besides my memory. And I was particularly thinking, so I was like, man, we need to just spend a podcast talking about some of the odd things that happen when you pastor a church, because I realize there's listeners out there that are like, the, the subtitle of this podcast is, yeah, that really happened. <laughs> uh because I got a lot of stories like that. They're like, no, these are the things that happen. And what do you do? How do you tell this story? You yeah. know, how do you just forget that these are the things that happen in pastoring and leading a church? So I'm going to start with this. I'm just going to, I was just like, guys, let's, let's think of like the most zany, the weirdest, yeah. the oddest things that have happened in pastoring a church. I'm going to, I'm going to tell two stories to begin. I'm going to tell the story of when a woman interrupted my sermon. <laughs> and when a guy from your church preached the conclusion of my sermon. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. I don't think yeah, he's adjacent to your church. He's connected yeah. through family. Through family, yeah. Um, so here's what happened. We were, uh, to dial back the clock, we planted Quorumdale in 2005. We planted in downtown Omaha. If you don't live in Omaha, it's like cobblestone streets, brick streets, old historic brick warehouse buildings. It's like the coolest oldest part of Omaha. And we were meeting uh, at this building that was like, an, uh, you know, 120 years old, really cool spot in the city, but also right in the heart of downtown where there's just a lot of eclectic people, a lot of homeless people, a lot of just kind of people hanging out outside, not sure, <laughs> not sure what they do. And so you just run into all kinds of interesting situations. I was preaching. Um, this was in the first two years of our church. We're in the middle of a sermon. This woman walks in off the street into the room very obviously high. I mean, very obviously like on some kind of a drug trip. The way the building was where I stood, there was a door that you came in and there was a wall and you said, so you came in the front door, you sort of went around this wall and came into the room where we met, which meant that where I was preaching from, my back was to the front door, but there was also kind of a wall between us. Okay. So what that means is anytime somebody came in, you, you, this, you could just hear everything. I remember that too. You could like see the door open behind the yeah. preacher. I mean, it's so, so I'm in the middle of the sermon. This woman walks in and she literally is talking at the top of her lungs to herself. I mean, she's like, kind of like, I don't know if she's hallucinating or what, but she is just having a really loud conversation. That's very nonsensical with herself. 
she walks in and I mean, it was the longest 10 seconds of my life. It took her 10 seconds to get from the front door to like <laughs> around the corner where you come into the room we were meeting in. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, what do I do in this moment? She, she turns the corner mid sentence talking loudly to herself in a totally nonsensical way, turns the corner somehow in that moment realizes this is a church gathering and immediately stops talking comes and sits down in the front row <laughs> man, and just starts like acting like she's been in church her whole life. Wow. And so I, no one had ever seen this woman before. I didn't know who she was. I seemed like, I don't know if she's here with somebody. I don't know if this is somebody's friend. So I just, I just keep going. And she literally from the front row, I mean, she came in in the middle of the sermon. She came in high, but from the front row starts going, amen. That's right. You're just like chiming in Amen on my sermon. Yeah, yeah. And and it was it was really funny for me because I was like, this this has not happened to me before. This did not happen at the mega church I used to work at in the suburbs. <laughs> also, or in I was a like, different part of the city. Also, I was like, this is really weird for everyone in the room because they're just like, what do we do in this moment? You know, like, is it do we just let this happen? Is this just totally normal? Yeah. Does someone need to go like put their arm around this woman and talk to her? Like, what do we do? So, long story short, she sat there for the rest of the sermon, and then as I closed in prayer. A couple of women went and like escorted her out to the entryway and just tried to like talk with her and figure out who she was and how we could help her. But it was just, it was the first moment as a pastor where I was like, oh, things are going to happen during my sermons that I did not expect. Yeah. Which gets me to the second story, Chris. Mm. And to this day, Dave, he's going to try to pin this on you somehow. I can feel it. To this day, Dave needs to answer for this. I love Dave. <laughs> Dave, Dave's an older gentleman who was on staff with FCA for years and is well known in our community. And a couple of his kids attended Quorum Day early on. Dave would come to church once a year, a couple times a year, just with his kids, just hang out. He was like one of those guys that like, I don't know if he had a, a church home, but he was like, was connected to all the churches because he was a parachurch guy and did campus stuff. And so everybody knew Dave. So Dave's sitting in church. This is after we'd moved to the Grace University Chapel building. And I'm preaching. I don't know what I was in Colossians, I think. And I'm preaching. I get to the conclusion of my sermon and I'm getting ready to sort of like land the plane. And so, you know, I say a few things. And Dave stands up. I mean, he's like sitting in like the fourth or fifth row in the middle of the room. Stands up, which no one does that in a, I mean, in our church, if you stand up, I, get, I start to get, get nervous. Like, are you going to It's not rush, that Pentecostal. Are you going to rush the stage? Like, what do we, you know, is this a security risk? What are we doing here? Yeah, it's not, it's not super Pentecostal. And it's just an odd, you know, I, I actually don't, maybe people should do things like that more, but it was unusual. So he stands up and he says, hey, Bob. Can I add a few things to what you just said? Oh. And you let him though. That's what I think is hilarious is you let him. I had that moment as a preacher where I was like, I Uh, do not know what the right answer is to that question right now. Like I've never had someone stand up in a sermon and say, can I add some stuff? And I had this thought go through my mind of like, if this was a stranger, the answer is definitely no. But it's already awkward because I'm like, if you say no, then you kind of, you're like the jerk. They're like, oh, you're the pastor just like doesn't yeah. want anybody else to like be able to talk. You know, I got something to say, man. You're trying to shut me down. So I was like, well, Dave, you know, Dave's not going to say anything heretical. Like I, you know, so I, there's all this is happening in a split second in yeah. my mind of like, do I say no? Yeah. Do I say? And so I just said, sure. <laughs> and so Dave, from just standing there in the fifth row, proceeds to just turn around and look at the room and add four to five minutes of content to my sermon. He just wanted to add some things in that he felt like I hadn't talked about. And so, I mean, I got, it started to get awkward. Cause I was like, I don't know if Dave's going to go for 20 minutes, 30 minutes <laughs> to preach a whole other sermon. What's Dave going to do here? And then finally 
he got done saying what he was saying. He turned around and said, it's all I got. And he sat back down. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> and literally I just said, well, let's close in prayer. Cause I mean, I don't know how do you get back from that yeah. moment? Yeah. So I was yeah. just like, let's just pray. Wow. So I closed in prayer. And then after that, some of the people, <laughs> some of the people on the court team were like, Hey, so what did you think about that? Like, do you expect that to happen? Had you ever thought about that happening? And I was like, <laughs> I was, that was the most paralyzed I've ever felt as a human being. <laughs> I don't know what to do in a moment like that. And so I sort of made a commitment to myself of like, from now on, the answer to that question is no. I don't care if you're John Piper and you're saying, from now on, if you stand up and say, can I add something? My default needs to be no. Because it's just, it's yeah. not a good thing to get in the habit of just like, hey, anybody in the room want to add something to my sermon? Yeah, that, that's that's weird. That's going to get out of control fast. Um did you stay like just standing up front the whole time? Yeah, like, I was uh, standing yeah. up there, but I felt real awkward because I was like, why am I here with a microphone on? Dave's obviously got the room right now. <laughs> Maybe I should just go sit down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love I love Dave, but that was, if I knew, if I could have another conversation with Dave today, if I run into him, I'd just be like, hey man, that was weird when you preached the end of my sermon that one time. Chances are Dave's done that since that was, then. That was know? weird. That was weird for me. That's just a very generous thing for you to do, Bob. Like I, I just... Giving away the pulpit I, I still, like that, that story. Yeah. That story just kind of know, knowing you, how I know you, I just am surprised <laughs> that you, you did that. I mean, but I actually, it's, I admire you for it. You catch me off guard, yeah, Chris. Yeah, you never I know what's going to happen. Paralyzed how generous right I might be. Yeah, I've, I have never had anybody interrupt a sermon. Uh, we meet in a high school, so there's, there's not a lot of strange people hanging out front. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do get that what, what I will get, and this doesn't happen a ton, but it, but it happens enough where, uh, I will, I will ask sort of a rhetorical question and one of the kids in the, the audience will <laughs> yeah, answer actually, it, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. answer it out loud. So ha, are, are you ever afraid of someone finding out something about you? <laughs> no, not really. You know, just, it, and it's so sweet and innocent, but it's, and, and then you, you know, you just kind of laugh and roll with it. But that, that's, that's the, the types of interruptions I get. No one wants to add five minutes. They just want to answer questions that I wasn't really asking. Yeah. I love that, that innocence in kids that doesn't understand a rhetorical question. They're just like, you're asking me, so I'm going to yeah, answer it. Yeah. I like that. All right. So, uh, I don't preach as much as you guys do, but you know, I, I do a little bit more like people to people stuff. So one time this guy calls the church, calls me and he, uh, his daughter is dating this guy really seriously. And now they're moving towards engagement. Dad's never met the guy at all. He says, hey, would you fly to D.C., meet this guy, and then come back and tell me what you think? And I was like, uh, that's really weird. That's a big ass. That's weird for all of us. Like, (laughs) it's weird for me. It's weird for that guy. It's weird for you. Like, so I did it. That's amazing. So you yeah. did not. Man, you guys are yeah, like all about the things so, that I would never think that you would so answer I, would be yes. I, I boarded a plane early in the morning, went to DC. I don't know what this guy even looks like. You know, this is like pre-social media. Okay. So I meet this guy. We have lunch or coffee. He picks me up. He takes me back to the airport. He clearly knows why I'm there. I know why I'm there. And how how'd you approach That's the conversation, it. Dusty? Hey, this is your interview. Let's talk about it. I was life. like, hey, so we all know why I'm here. <laughs> and uh, this is weird for you. It's weird for me. And we had a great time together. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I came back with very little information. Told the dad, I was like, yeah, oh, seems like a good guy. I mean, I get why you're reserved, you know. But okay, funny story about that guy. He is he is a regular listener to the Wednesday conversation. That's app. what I'm talking he about. He wasn't. He that was way. not at the time. That's for sure. But he is now. 
and is now attending Cormdale Church. Out of way, listeners. Won him over. Look at over that. a decade later. Good dude. Like the guy a lot. That day, though, I'm sure for both of us, we were like, this is definitely one of the weirdest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. What happened yeah. with the relationship? They got married. Oh, gosh. They have kids. It's Man. going well. There you it's go. Amazing. Man, I, I just love that you guys said yes to things that... I would never have thought you would not have guessed. Yeah, like, I would have thought, no, I am not getting on a plane to going to DC that I have, I have my own family. I have well, my own so responsibilities. It was, I was fairly new to Corm Deo. I was still kind of like figuring out what I was doing. I, I didn't have a, a huge workload at that time. So there was a little bit of flexibility. <laughs> and so that's what I spent. Why not my day. take a trip to DC? To I spent a day going guy. to DC and back. Speaking of DC, long trip for lunch. The, the funniest interruption that I, that I've, I wasn't preaching, but I was in the room on staff at the church. So the church we were at in DC, we, the, the spots we had met, we would meet in usually were across the street from a Metro stop. And that's where a lot of homeless people yep. hang out. So there was one location where we had homeless people coming in all the time, had a lot of interesting conversations with, with one guy told me he was William Wallace's descendant. <laughs> and that was an interesting conversation. But one time we actually had a guest preacher and he was I don't remember the exact sermon topic, but he was talking about something with bread and there was a couple homeless people sitting in back and one of them stands up and goes, Subway has the best bread. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what do you do with that? And there's the, the, the guy preaching. He was like, yes, they do. And just kind of kept going. So that was, that was a pretty funny moment. I might want to argue if Subway. I'm, yeah, I know. That, I don't that's, think they do really. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's good bread, but it's not the best. Yeah. Jimmy John's is better in my opinion. Oh, wow. You just invited some emails. <laughs> so the, what, what I would say is maybe the craziest story of first city outside of people stuff. So our very first Sunday, we almost killed somebody. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Wow. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's, so the backstory, that's, that's yeah. a lot out the gate. Yeah. The backstory in this is we, when we planted, we had a handful of people in our church with various allergy food allergies. And so we wanted to respect that. Uh, but it had to go beyond just gluten-free option. Like we had, we wanted to be very thoughtful with it. So there was a lady in our church who volunteered to home make the, 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 um, gluten-free bread. So she did this. It was so cool what she did. So she made multiple options. We did like a, sat down and did like a taste test. Like she put a lot of thought into it. It was, it was really cool. We kind of, you know, okay, so here's the choice First Sunday. You know, we were really excited. Like our gluten-free bread was better than, the, the regular stuff, but she made it with almond flour. And there is one gal in our church that has like a, a very strong allergy to almond flour. Oh no. And so not thinking, you know, just like gluten-free, not necessarily thinking all through all the other details. Yeah. That's the she, category you need gluten-free. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she takes it and she has, you know, has a bite and proceeds to start to have this allergic reaction. Think, thankfully it was small enough bite that it, it didn't, you know, immediately drop her there, but it was, it was scary. And so we had to go through this whole, like, okay, we have to reevaluate uh, how, how we're doing our gluten-free bread. So now we went from this gourmet, really tasty gluten-free bread to now where it tastes basically like cardboard. It just yeah. has to dig nothing. There can be like nothing that could potentially <laughs> kill somebody. But, and if you think about my wife who has shared her struggles with OCD on this podcast, you think of her worst nightmare. Being is, responsible, is being for, someone's responsible death. for someone's yeah. death That's your first Sunday as a church. So that was, that was kind of a crazy moment. Now that the gal who had the reaction was very gracious about it and talked us through like, Hey, this is, you know, 
things to consider when you're making <laughs> gluten-free bread. So people, could I get a heads up next yeah. time? Yeah. It was, it was not the thing as all the de- you think of all the details of your first Sunday, that was definitely not on the list. Is she, is she okay today? She is okay today. Okay. Yes. That's good. Yes. I'm a little, <laughs> these things make me nervous. You were talking about homeless people wandering in. This is my favorite connections story I've ever had. When we were meeting downtown at the Jones Street building, there were, you know, lots of homeless people around. I met a guy in the, what we called, uh, the entryway, whatever, little space where we people could gather. I met a guy there that I hadn't seen before. He, you know, he looked probably homeless, you know, or vulnerable in that way. So I was chatting him up. <clears throat> I said, hey, how did you, uh, how'd you hear about the church? You know, because I, I told some people this the other day and they they had no idea, Dusty. For the first three years of our existence as a church, we had a website, but we did not have any information on where we met. So literally, because I wanted it to be like, if you, to show up, you have to know somebody here. So it was like the hardest church to attend because if you were like, hey, I want to go to that Quorum Dale, where do they meet? There was no way to find out other than I know somebody who goes there. <laughs> I know and that guy. was intentionally on my part because I did not want just random, you know, attractional growth. But what that meant was, you know, we were sort of like, we, we developed a bad reputation. It's like, well, I guess you guys are so exclusive. Like you just don't want people to come to your church. You know, it's kind of jerky. So I met this guy and I was like, since it was that season of our church, I was like, obviously you're here because you know someone. I mean, there's no other way you would know about our existence. So I said, Hey, so, uh, how'd you hear about the church? You know? And his answer was why well, I live underneath the deck. <laughs> Boom. I went You're out. at my house now. I went out there. There's a huge deck on this building. I mean, really huge, like, you know, outdoor space. I went out there. I was like, sure enough, man, this dude had a whole like tent. And I mean, he was like, he was all set up under there. And I was like, what? This I did not have this on my bingo card either. Wow. I wasn't, pl- under the tent I wasn't planning the on. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a guy that lives under the deck. He's, He's like, Hey, you guys did that baptism. It rained in my house. Seriously. Yeah. It was not cool. So, uh, that was another crazy moment. Here, here's another this one was at the middle school. We've had, is it four locations, Dusty? Mm, yeah, downtown building, Grace University, middle school, and now finally the building that we own. We met at the middle school for 11 years. Um, no, sorry, eight years. And uh, <laughs> we, the middle school was a challenging place. <laughs> um, odd things would happen occasionally. I, I got done preaching. And the way our service worked at that time, Generally, I would introduce communion after the sermon, but then sometimes I wasn't serving communion. And so you and other elders had come and serve communion. I would go out into the hallway just to sort of catch my breath or see what was going on with kids ministry or just like, you know, be there because a lot of people were, you know, milling about in and out <clears throat> right after service. So I go out in the hallway to get ready to sort of like say hi to folks. And one of our staff comes out of the bathroom, just sort of like white. And he's like, I just found a nine millimeter weapon <laughs> yeah. on the back of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And happened. he's <laughs> there. We, we had a police officer in our church and he's like, Hey, I already told, you know, this guy and he's, he's called the cops and like, he's got the, he's got the gun, but he was like totally freaked out. He's just like, why was, you know, I found a weapon in the men's bathroom. So we kind of went into like high alert mode because it, you know, this was like, man, weapons yeah. and churches is not something to mess around with, especially in the mm-hmm. world we live in. So, you know, we're assuming like, dude, is someone trying to do people harm here? Well, literally, I mean, so I'm standing out there. There's probably two minutes go by. This dude bolts out of the service and runs into the bathroom and starts looking around frantically. Yeah. And I realized what has happened is this guy has uh-huh. a concealed carry permit. 
you're not supposed to carry in a school, but some people do. Yeah. He had gone in there to go to the bathroom, took his gun out, set it on the toilet, Whoops. went back into the, forgot it, went back into the room to take communion and then realized, oh gosh, I just forgot my weapon. And so he, he grabbed somebody and pulled them aside. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he asked like, Hey, Hey, did so, you guys uh, find a gun in the bathroom? Um, and the cops have been called at this the point. The cops have been called. Oh, and so, and so he just sort of like, was like, he went and got his people that were with him and just like left the building. Cause, cause I don't think he wanted to deal with like, <laughs> I might have to answer to some cops for having a weapon in a building where I'm not supposed to be carrying anyway. So it literally went from like, holy cow, this might be a terrorist attack to like, Oh, that guy, the guy kind of made a big mistake <laughs> oh, right there. No. Oh, and no. Uh, I don't think they ever came back after that day. I yeah. never saw them again. They were an, they were nice people, but I never, <laughs> never saw that. I think that was his last Sunday at Quorum Day. He didn't like, want to be you, the gun guy. How do you come back after that? Yeah. You can't be the gun guy. Oof. But man, it was a, it was a scary moment for, you know, two or three minutes there during communion. Have you guys had any like weird tech stuff happen? So I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what, what version of <laughs> pick, it? Pick, pick the weird tech thing. What version of I it? I did a whole sermon in the dark. Yeah. The power went out. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, we had to do that when, uh, during COVID we had to play musical chairs with our location. And the one location that we met in the longest was this, uh, old elementary school South of Bellevue school was probably built in the fifties. And so it was like this old cracker back cracker Jack gym. And yeah, the, I mean, if, if the wind blew over 30 miles an hour, like the power went out in this place, it was, just, <laughs> it was terrible. So one, one Sunday morning, everyone shows, you know, the production team shows up and it's the power's out. And so we're thinking, Oh, we, we can get it back on. Just could not get it back on. So people start showing up and, and here's, here's the funny part of it too. They had text me and it, and it was, if I remember correctly, it was winter. I, so I, I was thinking, you know, kind of just the conditions, the environment in there. And I was just thinking, you know, if the power's out, we shouldn't meet like if we know it's out. So I told them, Hey, if you can't get the power back on, then let's just, let's just cancel. And I show up to service and I wasn't preaching that Sunday. So I showed up a little later than normal. And so I thought that meant that they got the power back on. So I show up and the power is not on. And Mindy will tell you, he's like, the look on my face just went from like, like what's going on to like, what is going on? Like, like almost <laughs> like this, like anger kind of like, what are you guys doing? I told you what, you know? So, so I, it just kind of threw me there for a moment of just like, did, did, did they just not listen to me? Was <laughs> I not they, clear? Yeah. Was I not clear? Like what is going on? And so, uh, we, we had, we had a service and pretty much the dark. And this is when you were trying to live stream because it was COVID. So someone just <laughs> set up, got a stand and set their iPhone, like right next to the person who, who would come up to do liturgy or who was preaching. So it was, it was very kind of low tech for, and we called it first century church. That's nice. Uh, I meeting like that. in the dark. Yeah. First century. But that place felt first century too, by the way. I it, went there yes, one time and yes. I was like, oh, I'm not sure you guys should be meeting here. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to have a debrief of like, hey guys, what happened with the communication breakdown it, there? It was. And they, so what was funny is it, it was this, they couldn't, it, they kind of got it on, come off. So it, it was like this, maybe we can get it back on. So there was this hope that it was going to come back on. So that, that's <laughs> kind of how living this, in hope. Yeah. They kind of, there's kind of this. Not yet. Gospel uh, hope, Chris. We're not completely going against what you said. Um, but but the thing is, I, I will admit, it was a good call to have the service because people really leaned in, sang really loud, yeah. like every you know, just it was it was an experience. So 
I'm glad that they didn't listen to me. That's what I remember. We had it happen one time in the middle school where the power went out during a sermon. And so I had to make the choice of like, what am I going to do? And I just took off my microphone and just yelled the rest of the time. And it was totally dark and people loved it. It was like, oh yeah, this is like, we adapted, you know, it's like, that's part of what makes church planting fun is just like, well, you got to figure it out. And so, yeah, I remember that being a, you know, my voice was tired by the end of the sermon, but I remember people adapting well. There's been a couple of times where uh, the way it, it used to be set up in the, so you meeting in a high school auditorium, the nursing mother's. Uh, area was, you know, how like in high school auditoriums, you have those back sections you can kind of close off. So we would close off one of those sections. So they were still in actually in the auditorium so they could hear everything. But the the plug-in for the soundboard was plugged in in that oh, room. No. And so there was multiple times where a baby like, and just <laughs> during worship or, or during a sermon and all of a sudden it's just this big like pop and then like nothing. And so we're like, oh, the baby tripped the power. So Got to, got to get it back on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. That moment. One time at the middle school, well, often, oftentimes we'd show up to the middle school and realize, oh, we're going to be the, the theme for the Sunday morning is beauty and the beast because yeah, there's an entire place. Yes. Oh yeah. On the stage that you're not moving, you know, it's made out of like the legit worst, wood. The worst thing about meeting in a school <clears throat> twice a year, we had to work around a, you know, middle school play set. Yeah. That they they thought they were being really forward with us of like, hey, there's going to be a play set set up, you know, just so you guys know. The problem was we never knew what the play was going to be. And some yeah. of them were just downright creepy. There was like yeah. a year it was like a vampire one. And I was like, here, I'm trying to like preach the gospel with like <laughs> yeah. vampire backdrop. I mean, it's just weird. It's Easter, but not really because yeah. the stage set is different. Yeah. Also in that middle school, we had a bird flying around one Sunday. Yes. And uh, the only place the bird would land was on the emergency light. So it'd fly through this entire auditorium. And I was thinking like, man, what are we going to do? We cannot have this bird flying around during church. This is going to, this is going to be bad. So I sent my son home. Yeah. He got uh, a pellet gun and he's a pretty good shot. So, and again, the only place this bird would land is on top of the emergency light. So you're like, man, if you hit that light, we're hosed. We're in trouble. So we got two tennis rackets that we found at the middle school. He hits the bird. The bird falls. I quick acted like, you know, like we just wounded the bird. So get the tennis rackets, get the bird outside. But it was just in time for the first service. I didn't even know this ever happened. I know this you is, weren't this there This is the yet. first time I'm hearing this You weren't story. there yet. This is amazing. But I just, and the bird would fly like down into the seats. It was like a sparrow and then it would just like be gone. And then the only place you could ever find it was on the emergency light. Huh. So, Hey, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for getting rid of that bird. That was an innovative solution, by the way. We did it. Sometimes you need a, you know, a middle school age kid with a BB gun to to get to have church. To this day, there were some people on the worship team worried about that bird, but (laughs) I just want you to know we took care of it. So you you brought up the play. So that, that's a, always been an interesting thing too. One, but one of the things we're able to do is kind of put that scrim over. So it's, it's a little bit of a cover. So it's not, you're not looking directly at the set, but the first year we were after we planted that spring, there was something with like the way the set was kind of behind and then the lighting. And it was like the way it was shining on, it looked like these giant like teeth above and like underneath me. So there's pictures of that Sunday, people like snap pictures where it looked like I was being eaten by some like giant shadow monster, like where I was standing and preaching. So they're pretty funny pictures, but we had, so in our, our current building, as with a lot of older buildings, we get bats. 
And oh, so the, the first, are the worst. Yeah. The first, uh, women's event we did there, uh, during, during, I think, I think Mindy was speaking this and all of a sudden well. this isn't going well already. Bat poop just like was no. dropping on this table. Like, and so, and, and it was landing on this one lady's kind of like in front of her, like on her plate. Thankfully of all the women in our church that would freak out the least she was it. So she was just kind of like, <laughs> that's not good. And she's like, I know what that is. And so she, uh, got a BB gun. She's kind of like, yeah, you wouldn't get a BB gun. We <laughs> shot the bat, but yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting, like a ladies event, a ladies brunch where everything is very nice. And here's bat poop, like dropping from literally dropping from the ceiling. These, th- these are the things that happen when you're, when you're leading a church. I don't know. Yeah. You think you want to plant a church? You got to, you got to have a BB gun. <laughs> you ready? You ready? Get, bring, get your BB guns. <laughs> I'm going to bring our story time to a close with the donuts and chocolate milk story. Oh, Most word. people at Cormdale have heard it because it's one of those moments that lives on in our history. Uh, but I just, I, before you tell the story, I just want to noted that I was not around. I think our I listeners will enjoy was it. not an officer in this church. This is another one where I, I'm surprised you, you. you gave this much responsibility. <laughs> I was way, not so. an elder. Yeah. You're not. You know. elder, yeah. Our church was small. Uh, we were meeting downtown at the downtown building. I was trying to empower other leaders and give people responsibilities. And there was a guy named Kurt love him to this day. He's a great dude. He was part of our core team. He was the only guy in our core team that had a seminary degree. Like I didn't even have a seminary degree yet. Only for, you know, <laughs> so I was like, of all the people I can trust with like something important theologically, it's this guy with a seminary degree. So I was like, Hey, will you, will you lead communion this week? You know, and the way it was, it was like, I'm, I was going to preach. I was going to close in prayer. Then Kurt would come up and kind of lead us into the table. And then he was in charge of like getting the elements and, you know, figuring out who's going to serve and all that stuff. So it was a way to just like, take that off my plate, give it to a guy in our team that I knew, you know, I can trust this guy. He's got a seminary degree. So I get done preaching. <laughs> I get done preaching. I said, I pray. I go sit down. Kurt gets up and he says, I thought today we're, we'd do something a little different for the Lord's table. And as soon as he said those words, I was like, oh, this is, this is not going to be great. I don't know that I want us to be doing something different. And he, Kurt, the great thing about Kurt was he was real creative about like trying, you know, he, he really wanted to like connect things to the scriptures, but also be sort of like innovative and creative. So he starts trying to set up communion this way. He's like, you know, when the early church practiced the Lord's Supper, we know from like Corinthians, it's probably more of a meal. Like they're probably, you know, they probably just weren't taking bread and wine. They're probably having a full meal, um, you know, like they would at the Passover. And so, you know, this morning I wanted to think about what would it be like for us just to treat the Lord's Supper more like a, more like a meal, more like we're having breakfast together. This was at this point in our church's life, we were meeting Sunday mornings and that just one service. So he said, uh, said, you know, so uh, as you come to the Lord's table this morning, I want you to think about the sweetness of Christ's body. And as you come, I want you to, to sort of ponder what it means for you to enjoy the blessings he's bestowed on us. And, and this morning for communion, rather than bread and wine, we're going to have donut holes and chocolate milk. <laughs> and I just want it to feel like we're having breakfast together. So... <laughs> he, so he said, you know, he didn't even, it was sort of like, he didn't even treat it like it was part of the service. He was like, so the service is over. Let's That's go right. enjoy donut holes and chocolate milk. And I mean that for everybody that was around our church at that time, it's like one of those Sundays they all remember it. Cause they're like, well, this is kind of awkward suddenly. Like, what do I, you know, <laughs> is this what we're supposed to be doing? I think there was people that were literally like, 
this church might be heretical. I think I'm leaving. Yeah. And there were other people like, this is the awesomest thing ever. This is one of them emergent churches. That's right. All the kids were like, donut holes. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh boy. So I had to, you know, so that, that was the Sunday that we had for the Lord's Supper, donut holes in chocolate milk. And then that week later, I had to, I had to just follow up with Kurt and be like, hey man, I love you, but I don't, I don't think we can do that ever again. Like there, we got to have some boundaries around the Lord's table. Like Jesus, Jesus said, this is my body, but he was holding up bread. He wasn't, he wasn't holding up donut holes. I know they're a bread product, but different. And so, uh, that, that's one of those moments that, yeah, I, you know, there's a reason Chris, why now there's some structure around how we do communion and, you know, who's in charge of it, who gets to lead it. You learn these things the hard way sometimes. Yeah. So, so basically like if you show up, you could just say, Hey Bob, could I, could I add a few things? And I would also like to (laughs) intro communion. (laughs) If you're that guy, it's an automatic. No, it's an automatic. No. Hey, I I can respect this chocolate milk and not like Mountain Dew. Yeah. I mean, there there's, it could have gotten, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. I don't understand. I'm not sure it could have. Also, <laughs> well, maybe not. Why, okay, maybe not. Why is, why is chocolate milk better than Mountain Dew? I don't also, know. Also, that Sunday you had like a regional leader guy yeah. around, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, it was the worst. It was one of the Sundays we were like, don't, not this Sunday. This is like, there are people here who like are donors. <laughs> we need them to feel like what we're doing is serious. And all of a sudden it feels really juvenile. It's a glorified youth group. So, yeah, it felt, it was a... Uh, it was an odd moment, but those were, those were back in the sort of like emergent church days when you just, people were doing strange things. Yeah. You know, naming their church, like Latin things and stuff like that. Oh, Seriously. That's Corndale. Enough. That's enough from you. Well, listeners, thanks for uh, indulging us as we tell some of the stories of uh, church planting in church leadership. We might have another, we have so many stories to tell. We might just do a round two of this particular episode. So let us know if you liked hearing some stories of church leadership. Uh, and all, as we always say, feel free to let us know other things you want us to talk about. Uh, we want to try to respond to questions that listeners have and to things you're encountering as you try to live out the gospel of Jesus in everyday life. So feel free to let us know uh, if there's other things you want us to talk about. The goal of this podcast is to equip our own church for discipleship and mission. So if you're a Christian or a church leader in another context, we thank you for listening in. And we pray that this conversation might be helpful to you as you minister in your context. We always love to hear from listeners. So if you have thoughts, questions, or future podcast topics, send an email to podcast at cdomaha.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Wednesday Conversation.